Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Sacramento is heading into the playoffs, and the boys at the 916 Republic are heading into a night filled with news, reviews, and previews. Joining me in the studio tonight is a man whose sweet, tender heart has recently been crushed to bits. I don't want to talk about it. Zach, I'm sorry that your barber is engaged and cannot return your feelings of deep affection. I'm here for you, buddy. How are you tonight? First of all, a barber? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a... You know what? Can women be barbers? Yes. Yeah. Women I'm can be barbers. Quality. Uh, okay. You should be too. I think it's their training. That's different. Huh? Okay. The barbers? Yeah, the barbers mm-hmm. do more like uh, detailed work. I don't know what the distinction she is. She gave me a good hard part. A hair, st- a hair stylist versus a barber? I don't know. What are you asking me for? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I'm she sorry. gave me a piercing hard part. Mm. To your heart. Pierced my heart. I'm sorry. With a knife. She loved hockey. She loved hockey. Yeah, it's sad. All the good ones are gone, Zach. Sorry. I don't want to talk about it anymore. If it's any consolation, I'll spend time with you. (laughs) Also, joining me in the studio tonight (laughs) is one who needs no introduction, but I will introduce him anyway. Scott, I'm sorry that I gave you Devontae Adams and then he got hurt. Thank you for Chris Godwin. You've taught me a valuable fantasy football lesson. Sometimes you have to forget the flashy name and go after what really matters. Points scored. Amen. A lesson the Sacramento Republic may wish to carry with them into the 2020 into their 2020 preseason business. <coughs> Bijev. <coughs> Scott, how are you tonight? Very subtle. I'm good. Um Nolan, did you win this week? Uh no, I got I got flattened <laughs> by a man I've never I've met once. I won. Anyway, ben, yeah. um you won and Zach won. Yeah. I went 3-0, and baby, in my three leagues. That's great. 3-0 this weekend. You know who else won? Sacramento! <laughs> yeah, so normally we'd have some, like, smooth transition into, like, the next thing we're going to talk about. But, um, unfortunately, there there really isn't no. any good way to bring up what we're going to talk about. And it it does affect Sacramento, but only in the fact that we are in the Western Conference. On Wednesday, this past week, mm-hmm. at about 12.30, Promise Isaac, midfield f- or forward for the Austin Bold, had, I believe, a heart attack. Uh, he died of cardiac arrest. From um, he, he was working out. And... Um, yeah, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and the Austin Bold team and community. They ended up rescheduling their game with the Real Monarchs to um, next week. And, um, the, you know, it, it's one of those weird times where, like, yeah, like, Austin's are, you know, not, not rival, but they're definitely an opponent and somebody that we're trying to best this season and get above them in the table. Um, but soccer being such a smaller community in the United States, when there's a loss like this, that occurs, we come together as a a smaller group and do what we can to help support them. So yeah. um, Send positive thoughts and and prayers for for them. And um, yeah, absolutely. And um, I read a, a great piece written by a local Austin newspaper about, um, promise Isaac, or it's either Promise Isaac or Isaac Promise. I think it's Promise Promise Isaac. Okay. That's everything I've heard is Promise, promise Isaac. Isaac. Okay, same. I heard the same thing on it. 
another podcast. Um, but um, yeah, and it just sounds the the paper the article did a great job of um, remembering this guy's life and uh, his impact not only on the game itself but just his teammates, his family, um, his country of his native home of Nigeria. He played for them in the 2008 Olympics. He won a silver medal with the team, captain that team, um, and so. Uh, just really interesting guy <laughs> recently like two weeks ago he didn't go on a road trip um with the austin bold and like flew to atlanta to spend his, his, his spend his daughter's birthday with her um so just very committed to the people that he loves and the people in his life and like all of his teammates said like he was you know constantly asking them not just about like soccer related things but how their kids were how their how their life was going things like that so really tragic to see this guy go but um cool to remember his his life and hopefully his legacy on on the game and on people in general so very tragic story nonetheless yeah um and like we said there's no easy transition so we're just gonna transition transition um so paul buckle posted a video of him landing in san diego this past week and if you can recall some past relationships paul buckle was the former head coach of the sacramento republic he was here before simon elliott and he went to go be the southampton u23 coach but there is a usl expansion team run by the same gentleman that started the sacramento republic these years ago possible next coach for san diego in the usl question mark perhaps I don't know why he got fired in the first place. I think they mutually agreed, to quote terminate. unquote, mutually parted ways. Yeah. From the interview that I read, it was like we just weren't not not like we weren't on the same page, but it was just like we both agreed that this was what was best type of thing. Don't know if he's covering his own butt or if he's covering the team's butt or what. Who's if there's a butt to be covered? I don't know. Yeah, but so good to see. Yeah. That. Hope maybe there's good relationship. He, he did finish eighth, which is the lowest that we had ever finished. Yeah. And like okay, they won the playoff game, but he finished eighth. So Yeah. I don't know. He also posted there's a video Paul Buckle posted a couple weeks ago on his Instagram of him with a couple members from the team. Um and the caption was they they were like goofing off on a golf course. And the caption was like uh, something about the off season and how he missed it and, and how he like loved this time with, with these guys. So I, there's definitely, you know, good. I think there's good rapport still between, between the club and him. Yeah. He, he's pretty active on Instagram specifically. Is, yeah. So yeah, give him a follow. Well, another transition, another news item for you guys. Uh, an article from stadium digest came up uh about a week ago talking about the future of the fresno uh, soccer club and the foxtrot podcast also kind of confirmed the words of this article it was talking about how the club may fold pretty significant stuff um the problem being what they're calling facility issues so what the deal is is the current stadium, Chuck E. Cheese, Ch- Chuck E. Cheese Chansey, Chuck e. Chuck Chansey, something <laughs> like that. Chonsky. You know, oh my gosh, Chuck Chansey. You butchered that it's one. Not that. Chuck, it is kind of hard. Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese Chansey. Someone Chuck from e. Poland had a stadium named after them in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we should derive it's, from that. It's a weird name. Yeah. 
it's a minor league baseball facility in Fresno. That's where they're playing right now. I do like your name rewrite though. It it fits way better. <laughs> it does. Chuck E. Cheese Chancy. Chuck E. Cheese Chancy. You have fun with the family there at Chuck E. Cheese. Bro, you know how we fix these financial problems? Dude. We just rebrand. Stadium just a rebrand. sponsor. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese rebrand. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese rebrand, bro. Everyone's Ball happy. Ball pits. Crappy pizza. Dude. And and a bunch of really like animatronics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we've just had a we, brilliant idea. And a giant mouse just roaming around, scaring children. Yes. And adults. <laughs> okay, so just <laughs> backing, in general. backing yeah. out of this 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 mouse hole. Get it? One yeah, good I one. Get it, one. Good one. Good one. The problem is the USL, they don't like that, okay? Per USL bylaws, you are allowed to start a USL team in a baseball stadium if and only if you move to a soccer-specific stadium by year three. Fresno is wrapping up year two. So so then they would have to move, per the bylaws, to a soccer-specific stadium. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're saying. That they, yes. For them to be in quote-unquote compliance... Now, teams play their third year, their fourth year, whatever, in baseball stadiums. Look at Louisville, right? Louisville yeah. is building a stadium right now, but they're in their fourth year, something like that, this, this but current building season. A stadium. But There's it was plans. like, hey, they're, we're building. Yeah. yeah. Other teams also play in baseball stadiums. New Mexico's brand new. They play in a baseball stadium. Um, I'm trying to think. There have been a couple of other teams. Las Vegas. As Reno. Well. Tacoma. Reno. Um, Tacoma? Tacoma plays in a baseball stadium, yeah. Huh. yeah. They're yep. trying to build. I don't know. They're taking their time. Um, all, all of this to say is that teams do this, okay? Yeah. And the league, I think, is willing to make exceptions. But for Fresno, they can't find a location. So I, they just need a plot of land within Fresno <laughs> literally, to put a, a stadium just like Papa Murphy's Park, basically on the ground but i what i'm hearing is that they're still trying to work with the city that is coming off to people really close to the team as they're kind of protecting their butts like oh no we're not leaving like we're still trying to work with the city but in reality it's like we've been working with the city and haven't gotten anywhere Mm um so on, on top of this the bigger problem in my opinion, is that the owners of Chuck E. Cheese Chansey Park, mm-hmm. Chansey Park, I don't even know how to actually pronounce it, Chuck but Chansey. Chuck Chansey, Chan, Chan, I don't know. I like Chuck E. Cheese. The owner of the baseball stadium, the minor league baseball stadium, is, well, they just haven't been cooperative. They, their rent essentially is too high, and the team can't afford it. And attendance has dropped a little bit. They started out at about four or five thousand, and I think it's down more into like the three thousand, low four thousands. Um, and it just makes it unfeasible to stay there. The the quote from the the press release from the club is: "This con- this makes unfavorable economic conditions, and the club is trying to settle on a plan for twenty twenty and beyond." I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, Fresno, they're looking at options. Um, There's been rumored moves to 
like the city of Monterey. Which is stupid. Which sounds ridiculous. Hey, let's go of a city of half a million people <laughs> to a city of 30,000. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you can get a greater proportion of the... Yeah, It'd better. be pretty, but... It'd be pretty. I mean... Great place to live as a player, to be honest, but... I oh, can't yeah. imagine... Oh, yeah, especially as a surfer. Like, if you wanted yeah. to surf, dude. Oh, beautiful. Very low risk of injury, hopefully, too, if you're surfing. I can't imagine. I mean, if you... I don't know. I don't know either. Um. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but so overall, it's just not looking good for USL in Fresno, which makes me sad because I really enjoy our not so friendly relationship with the Fresnoites <laughs> and their team and it makes for a great rivalry and I like I just have you know those cousins that you love maybe not cousins maybe you know those things that you just love just because you love them like there's nothing that like cool about them that's how I feel about Fresno and I feel like Fresno deserves a soccer team so I feel bad that they're they might be losing their yeah franchise. and I mean it sucks because we were talking about oh, we should go down to Fresno and, yeah. you know, for Sacramento's away game there. Or, oh, we should go to Reno for their away game there. Yeah. You know, they're about the same distance. Fresno's probably a, a bit just, you know, brainless, more brainless of a drive. Yeah. But um, it's probably a little farther, too. And maybe like a half an hour, an hour maybe further. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and now I'm kind of sad that we didn't because they might not be here. Like, there's There might literally be one or two games left yeah. for them in the season at home, and they're done. And that's got a really, sorry, last last thought before we wrap this this up. But as a player, especially if you're on like a two year contract or a one year with one year to sign, like that's got to be so demoralizing heading into the playoff season, the the playoff portion of this season, knowing that you may not have a job come next year. I mean, granted, you might get picked up somewhere else, but just the instability of it of like having oh, I might have to move to Loudon, Missouri, or wherever that is and play there it's in virginia i think virginia. or maryland or something you know just those those things that are going on in the players minds may have an impact on how they play the rest of the season yeah and there's so much more we could talk about with this there's stuff yeah. coming out about the owner what we're gonna do is we're gonna have ricky back on from copa Calivas mm-hmm. next week and he is very close with some people that are very connected in fresno um specifically the guys from the foxtrot podcast that we listen to um it so if you're just dying to hear more about this, go listen to their podcast. The no, the news of this first broke on The Athletic. Ah. So go check that out on The Athletic. They do a pretty good job. Yeah. If you want to hear more, though, with some more kind of more rumors, unconfirmed stuff, the Foxtrot, guys at the Foxtrot podcast do a pretty good job. They speak on it for about a, a half an hour, yeah. I, I would say. Did, who... Zach, did you listen to it, or was it Nolan? Yeah, I listened to it. It was about a it. half an hour. Yeah, it was about a, it was, Yeah, there was, they went real in-depth. Yeah. And they're close to this, so yeah. It, yeah, it was good. So go listen to that. We'll try to have Ricky on to give us maybe some more detail, maybe a bit of a timeline of like where things really started to go wrong, that kind of stuff. But let's go ahead and move on now to a review of the LA Galaxy 2. Well, it happened. It was 2-2 draw <laughs> at home on a Wednesday. Yeah. And... There were some good moments. There were some bad moments. I think the the worst moment that stuck out for me was when we were up 1-0. And um, we had the ball in the attacking half. It was played in to Skundrick. And he he just he just missed the goal. Like, just flat out missed the goal. The ensuing possession that happened from LA Galaxy 2, they worked the ball down the field and scored. So that for me was my kind of like 
wow, it was really good. We're up 1-0. We're, it's early. We're at home. Okay, we got this. And then missed opportunity. Now we're tied. Yeah. And our man uh, Mahoney had probably the low light and the highlight of the night. He saves our night um, in the 89th minute, puts puts a goal away. He gets he gets absolutely turned around. It, it was early on. So when this goal is scored, I believe it was Camara, um, gets absolutely turned around by some really good moves uh, by Camara, and a goal goes in. But he redeems himself in the 89th minute. We come away with a draw. We've talked about it several times. We've had trouble. In these midweek games, at least we come away with a point. So it could definitely could have been worse. Yeah, I think the bright point of the moment or of the night, honestly, for me was Inu Volson's finish. Did you see? Did you guys see that curler that he went into the top right? Another assist for um, Kevin Aliman. I'm watching it right now on my phone because really? I, I had to remind myself of how good it was. It was such a good finish. He's sitting on. Oh yeah, Aliman. It was a great turnover by Aliman. And the the pregame um the announcers were talking about Aliman and how he had three assists coming into this game. So that's his fourth now. That was his fourth. And they were showing some highlights and they were talking about it and I was like, "You know what? He really has had a solid he, season." He's I had a, he's like... had a solid second half of the season. Okay. I think since he's been starting consistently and told so what i remember from him is he would always try to um just like make these weird little chips and it's too fancy he's too fancy and he would yeah he tried to dribble through everyone i think he was told to like hey play a bit more simpler keep the ball on the ground because he's really he all of his assists have come through through balls like that yeah. Ball is on the ground Huge. in between defenders. Nice, yeah. For people to run onto and one touch, maybe two touch finish. And the turnover was a heads up, intelligent, physical turnover. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think even if it's the second half of the season, I don't think that at least personally I have given him enough credit for what has been a pretty solid second half of the season. Um so that this is me doing that now. The kid's doing well. Yeah, and we were talking about some possible squad rotation. We really didn't see any. I mean, Formella started out on the wing. Yeah. Yep. Um, on the left. But then it was Enavolton, Awasa, Aliman, Skundrick, Villarreal, McCrary, Barahona, uh, Mahoney, who's kind of now been starting consistently the past few games. Johnson Pula, Shuttleworth. Tainer came in, but then got the red. Yeah. Um, yep. So we we really didn't see much squad rotation. Mahoney gets the goal to to save the the night for Sacramento. I don't really know if there's a lot to add. It it was kind of just a a good moment, bad moment, good moment, bad moment. True. Like kind of a typical <laughs> L.A. Galaxy rivalry type of game. It was chippy. It, I think, and I think it felt like a a game where both teams really wanted the three points, but they also didn't want to give it up they want they didn't want to give up any points either so yeah i have one thing to add as we head into the tulsa review is yeah. that we forgot to to mention in the news segment but uh totally blinking fullback <laughs> left back barahona barahona juan barahona was oh, called yes, up to play yes, with yes. el salvador to go smash some 
Montenegrins. Mon- oh, it, they were they were here. Let me look up the text message because. <laughs> I, I just think international no don't soccer. bring it up dude i'm gonna I destroy ridic- you i think it's I ridiculous do. i think it's ridiculous <laughs> okay <laughs> and the whole thing literally to play like like the dominican republic who are i mean half the squad has to be made up of street players because there's no way that you have enough dominicans to feel the professional squad and like <laughs> okay here's another text stream from yeah. Zach Scott and Nolan. Okay. This is, this is 916 Republic so, text stream. So I gave the boys the new Instagram password, which yeah. you will not get. No, you won't. You to- Tacoma middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I said, also, Juan Barahona got called up by the El Salvadorian national team. And Zach said, no. And I said, yee. And then Zach <laughs> said, when will he be back? I said, he's gone October 7th through the 16th. Mm. So if you know A the week. dates for the upcoming game, the 12th. He'll miss that game. He I said, so he'll miss the Orange County game. So I said, oh, big oof. But at least he'll be back for the playoffs. Nolan said, dang, that sucks. And he's just <laughs> going to go and beat – to go oh, – sorry. And he's just going to go and get beat by Venezuela or whatever, like 5-0. <laughs> this is why I hate international play. <laughs> it's true. I want to rant on the pod about this. Oh, here we go. I want to rant. Here we and are, I, boys and here girls. We and go. I said – well, Venezuela isn't in North America. They're not. So they can't play in the CONCACAF Nations Factual League. error on my part. They play hecka small teams and they should win. I think they play... Montanique. Something like... Martinique. What? Martinique? Okay. They play Martinique. Scott, I say we just give them 30 seconds. Give okay? me 30 seconds. Give them 30 seconds that... and then we're just going to roll. All right? Okay. You, you get 30 okay. seconds and then well, we're... Well, well, and no matter some, what... Scott has some ideas too. What? I'll, you can have 30 seconds. I'll have 30 seconds. We'll okay. move on. Okay. okay. There we go. Ready? Okay. Ready? Yeah. Kay. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting your 30 seconds. Oh, sorry. I, right I, now. I'm just looking. Okay. Go. Oh, my gosh. So, I've never <laughs> even heard of the nation of Montserrat. <laughs> you Damn, probably not point. even heard of the nation of St. Lucia. No, that's not your grandma. That's a country that El Salvador <laughs> is playing in the CONCACAF Nations League. You may have heard of the Dominican Republic only because you've gone there for vacation and overlooked all the starving children who were looking out over your cruise ship trying to get some snacks from you. Damn. Anyway, what I'm going to what my point is, international football especially in Central America is ridiculous and we should not be sending our players to go get jet lagged and hurt in Montserrat and then come back and not be able to play for us in the playoffs. Rant over and I'm 10 seconds over. It it was 40 seconds, but it was yeah. close. But you see my point, it's just ridiculous. Okay, I've is, are you, you, you going to start my time? No, national pride. Yeah. Okay. We're in the 21st century. Go. First of all, it's St. Lucia. Okay, thank you. And I have heard of it. Oh. Um, second of all, the Dominican Republic have had good teams in the past. Oh. <laughs> and this is the CONCACAF Nations League. These are competitive games. Maybe not right now because it's the group stage, but it will get more competitive. So even though... It's not the most glamorous or glorious of games. He is still representing his country. And we should be proud that one of our players gets to represent their country, Nolan. I'm happy what, for him. What a nice sentiment, Scott. I'm happy for Juan. We have discussed this. Now let's move on. Can I just say I'm happy for Juan, but I'm dis <laughs> I'm dishappy. I'm dishappy. The, I'm the wrongness in the world. The wrongness in international yeah. soccer. 
It's not international soccer. It's North American soccer that you don't like. Oh we're going yeah, to move. Right. Yeah, we're it is. Because on. if he was called up for France, you'd be like, oh my we're God. Oh, yeah. On. But then we'd also have a club structure that like built in breaks around the international breaks. But we don't. I would I would like to see. We're in the North How America, hard would that be? Where we don't do that. Okay. It would be very on. hard. Anyway. We're moving on. We're going to talk about Tulsa now. A win, a dub, three points. It was sloppy. I'm not going to lie. Watching this game at Nolan's house, we were sitting there, rolling our eyes several times, like, this is a sloppy game. But, three points, okay? BJV can't defend, but hey, three points, alright? We come out of this with three points. Scott, anything else to add? Yeah, um, so you said BJV can't defend. No. You said that, right? The Void can't defend. So, quick question, um... Okay. For the for you guys, for the pod so boys. in in the the, the 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 conversation we were having before uh, the podcast started, uh-huh. I asked you guys how many games you think Bijev has appeared in. And you guys were very close. You said twenty four, twenty five, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's twenty four. He has twenty four appearances. Um, and I asked you guys how many starts he had. You, you were pretty close again. He had he has thirteen starts on on the season. Thirteen, you know, start of the game in the lineup. And, and to be fair, I said that. It was just kind of my gut, like reaction to it, and then I thought about. It, I was like, "That's pretty low. That's it's lower than it, I thought. It's pretty low. It's less than half of the games played yeah. right now." So right. then I asked you the minutes, and Nolan was a bit closer than Zach. Zach six six hundred. He just threw out a number. He really didn't think about I used it. The calculator. So <laughs> Nolan did some math. He said seventeen hundred. That was too high. It's thirteen. You said fifteen hundred. Yeah. It was close. too high. Thirteen hundred minutes. Okay. In those thirteen hundred minutes in the league play. He has only produced goals or assists against one team, the Tulsa Roughnecks. The Tulsa Roughnecks, as I was pulling up on my phone before I started this. Sorry. This is very weird. He's got the Tulsa. The Tulsa Roughnecks yeah. are currently in 16th out of 18th place yeah. in the in the West Conference. So he has zero points for teams that matter. <laughs> he has done nothing else in big basically games. important. In any against any other team in the Western Conference yeah. this year, he has only scored against Tulsa, and he had two assists in when in a game that we had six goals. Yeah, it was a six zero. And I, at right? least one of the I think both of them came off of set pieces. Yeah. Okay. So in open play, he's had done one thing, and that was because of a sloppy mistake <laughs> from the no, Tulsa he's center. He's done two things. He's quite a sloppy mistake, and he's also defended very poorly. Oh, okay. Sorry. Two things. So, we don't need to talk anymore about how bad Bijev is. No. I just wanted to point out that even if you think like, oh, he's dribbly and he he spreads the field and blah, blah, blah. Well, all of that and he still only has a goal and two assists. And the two assists came off of set pieces against a crappy team Yeah. who then headed in two goals for themselves yeah. in this game. But, yeah, that was my thing about Bijev. But, arguably, you could say that his goal mattered in this game because it was a, it was only a one goal. Yeah, but it we mattered, it, it, but... but we should have already been up. Yeah. Before we and anybody could have finished that. Anybody could have finished the one he banged off the crossbar. That's what I'm saying. Like and he didn't. He finish. he missed another chance. Like yeah, yeah. for all the chances that he takes, and you're like, oh wow, that was really good. Like there's probably five others that you can go back and look and be like, uh, okay, but he didn't finish that because yeah. that's not the first time this season that he has missed a wide open net 
He's done it at least two or three other times yeah. where it was like, bro, you didn't even put that on frame. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Our, others fin- our other finishers finished, though. Cameron Awasa got a goal. Thomas. Um, Thomas out of Olsen, he's... He's got 13, right? I should go back. What did he have when he came in? Was it He had five three, goals, five? no assist. I believe he's on seven goals for Sacramento. He has seven. I'm going to look it up because it's like, it's eight. surprising. Yeah, mm. Eight for, well, if he came in with five, he has 13 now, I believe. Let me look it up. Hold on. Yeah, so he has. Is I'm eight. pretty sure he has 13. 13. He has 13 goals and five assists. So he has eight goals, five assists for Sacramento. Dang. Eight goals. Eight Dude, goals I and said, five assists. I said nine. You said 10. I said, does he finish with 10 goals for Sacramento? And he's got two games to get two more. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen. I mean, we're playing difficult teams, but I don't think it's that unrealistic. No, no. Even if he only gets one and it's nine, like nine goals and five assists in half a season. I'm right, baby. Like people will say like, hey, that's a productive season in USL. Nine goals, five assists. And he's doing it in half a season. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Him and Awasa have really found a good connection good yep. chemistry. because it was his header to awasa for awasa's goal yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know when awasa is healthy which let's hope that he can stay that way throughout the rest of this season in yeah the playoffs, yeah. yeah for sure but it was a sloppy game um but in the end we got the point that or we got the three points that sacramento needed yep um to continue this playoff push so yeah and, and i think it was partially sloppy because it started raining about the yeah, 65th 70th minute and then it neither did. team really yeah, i guess so could do anything sacramento really didn't push forward tulsa really doesn't have uh it feels like a a a pattern of play they they get into the final third and And they just they look lost they look they're like uh, yeah yeah so which i have a thought about that for sacramento so i was listening to uh, major league soccer's podcast that they put out called extra time and one of the, the hosts on that show was talking about specifically – well, he was talking about two coaches. He was using the example of Greg Berhalter coaching in Sweden, which if you don't know, before he came to Major League Soccer, which was before he became the U.S. men's national team coach. So that's why that name sh- should sound familiar. Greg Berhalter, Ber- Berhalter is the U.S. men's national team coach. Before he was the coach for the Columbus crew, he coached in Sweden. And it was his first professional – top tier coaching position and he said that he got let go of the club in sweden not because he didn't know how to defend or because he didn't know how to um you know pick personnel it was because he didn't have clear ideas of how he wanted to attack he didn't know how to coach the team while they were in the final third and the, this commentator, his name is David Goss, he said that that is the pitfall of a lot of first-year coaches, is that they, they don't know how to coach teams in the final third. Tulsa, I believe, have fired their coach. They have new management. They have a new owner this year. I think you can see that. And thinking about Sacramento, I think we can kind of put that on Simon Elliott. I know this is his second year has the Sacramento Republic coach, but really he got the job very late in the season last year. He really didn't have time to prepare. I think I think last year he was just trying to figure out how to be a professional coach. And now I think maybe we 
we're seeing him have a bit more he has a he has more ideas in the attacking third now than in uh, the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of that is due to Anna Voltson. I think we've seen a lot less crossing of the ball with mm-hmm. our fullbacks Agreed. and a lot more getting the ball centrally and keeping the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I think that has paid off, especially when you have technical players that can do that. Like Juan Barahona is a technical player that can do that. True. I think Jordan McCray is technical enough. But yeah. Anna Voltson, Awasa, Cam- Werner, I think probably Formella can do that. Aliman has shown, and we can just talked about that, he can do that. Um, I'm blanking here. Midfielder. Jaime Villarreal. Villarreal, definitely yeah. Definitely can do that and facilitates well. And I think Skundrick has shown that in spurts, mm-hmm. but he's not young. consistent. He's, he's not, though. He's 24. I, I think he played four years in college. Maturity, he's young. Okay. He's new to the professional level, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, with that in mind, let's keep that in mind going into this Orange County preview. Yeah. And we'll we'll kind of touch on it at the end. Right, we will. Um, yeah, so Orange County, if you are unaware, is coming to Sacramento on October 12th, playing at Papa Murphy's Park. It's going to be a, a massive, massive game for Sacramento. Um, little quick briefing on where Orange County are currently. Um in their season, they just had a six-game win streak uh, come to an end last week against Rio Grande Valley, who are also not a very good team. Um, and I was listening to uh, Orange County's podcast, the Black and Orange, I think is what it was called. Yeah, Black and Orange. I think country. it was Something like a, country. It was that Netflix show they're kind of alluding to or whatever. But anyway, um, Orange is the New Black. Sorry. <laughs> I don't oh, think so. Neither here nor there. Oh. <laughs> That's what I thought of now. Uh, <laughs> I'd have never seen it, but I've heard it's massively inappropriate. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they, uh, so yeah, Rio Grande Valley, they lost, and that was sad for them. The biggest news out of that game, though, uh, and I'm the glad guys... you have feelings for the team that lost, no <laughs> yeah. one. It's very cute. Uh, well, they, the, these guys on the podcast, they were sad because, and they were freaking out because their veteran captain center back, Michael Orozco, which is a very cool name, uh, got a red card in the 92nd minute of the Rio Grande Valley game. He's suspended for two USL games. Um, yeah, that was bad. From what I heard about the red, the incident that resulted in the red, it was like childish. Like yeah, that's what I heard too. Tackled the dude, elbow, elbowed him in the face. Like, like not, not even like no excuse. Like game, no argument. Yeah, and the game was lost. Like it was the ninety. It was just minute. frustration. Yeah, total oh, frustration. Really? But they were, pretty much they were so mad. They were like, take I, the captain armband, and he's never coming back. And like <laughs> blah 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 blah. blah. And, then, and then they're like, there's a center back crisis. Sorry, there's a center back crisis. Oh, what are we gonna do? Uh, Dude, they've had problems defensively yeah. the whole year. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt no, your. Keep going. You have you have a few more points. Yeah. Or well, actually, now that I'm looking more. at the notes, I one think more. you. This is pretty much it. But they brought him in like five games into the season because they didn't have anyone. Yeah. And he's a he's a veteran player. He's huge. He had like thirty. He was, he's played in Mexico for a long time. Yeah. Like, I think he's gone between a couple of different places, but he's been in Mexico for a while. Mm. And now getting back to what we were just talking about a minute or two ago. With him out for this game. No, he's back for Sacramento. Oh, he's back now. Yeah, so oh, excuse, he, he, was, he, was out for, he was out for the OKC game, which they won. And then he will be out for their uh, Real Salt Lake game, 
which they have midweek on Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. which is big. That Whoa. was my like last thing because they play oh, I forgot that. in Salt Lake on Wednesday. Then they go straight from Salt Lake to Sacramento. On Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So that's a wow. huge turnaround for them. Okay, so. So he's probably going to start if he's healthy. So he, okay, so yeah, he'll start. But um, with the formation, with the, with the way that they want to play, they have, so Michael Seaton up top is a, faster more physical forward younger younger guy jamaican Hmm. um which we were talking about before the show there's a lot of jamaican forwards specifically i feel like in the west but anyway darwin Darwin jones Jones on the left another young younger jamaican super fast super quick he's like a poor man solomon asante yeah in my opinion so if you've seen solomon asante he's like five three 130 pounds yeah darwin jones is maybe a bit thicker yeah um he's got those sam warner calves or whatever he's had some sandwiches <laughs> the man knows how to eat no i'm just kidding um, but they lead the the team with 12 goals and 11 goals for um for them respectively which is pretty that's a pretty yeah good haul huh. and they've had to score to stay in games because they don't really they don't have the defenders they need they don't the, their defenders i don't think are quality enough both in possession and out of possession it's just not good enough and it it's sad because they were so good last year and um they had some potential this year to to be really good which i'm fine I'm, I'm, I'm fine that they're not very good but for sacramento i think if we're able to pass better than their defenders can mark which might be a, a complicated way of saying, if we're able to move the ball around them, then I think we'll be successful in this game. If we are playing a bit more of a physical game, that's where I get concerned because they they can counter. They, they have two fast forwards. And if all of their midfielders are healthy, like Christian Duke, was brought in to be like the guy along with Aiden Quinn in the midfield. And if both of them are healthy, they are really good at passing. So I, I think if the game turns into a bit of a track race, then we should be concerned, especially with Mahoney being up and down as he is. Yeah. And Tainer, Tainer's back, right? Cause he, he will be back. Didn't for this he get game. a red in the? He LA got a red game? in yeah. the LA game. So he's a one game suspension. Yeah. Hey, has McCrary picked up the yellow? Did we? Did we, no? He did not. He hasn't picked up a yellow. So yet. he's still on one. He's okay. Got one to burn, and then he's on a red. Right. He's, he's on a suspension. Then he's suspended. He's on a suspension. Because Jordan McCrary is one yellow away from being suspended. He has seven yellows. But if he can make it to playoffs. No, sorry, then. sorry. No, is that? I think he has seven yellows. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I. I I, I agree. I think it's well put, boys. I don't think there's really anything else to add to this. OC's a they're a good team. They're not a great team. They've been a bit of a roller coaster this year. Um, I'm looking forward to going to this game. It should be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll all be there. We oh, will. yeah. We we'll will. all be there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It'll be a good time. Yeah. It should feel like a playoff game. Yeah. It, I think the atmosphere oh. will be it, entertaining. Yes, it will. This is kind of notable. Head out. Head out to the game. Because it's a very real chance that we play them in the playoffs. Yeah. That too. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, we just didn't mention real quickly, if you're not up to date on the table, currently, as of Monday, 
October 7th. Sacramento sits fourth on the Western Conference on 48 points, I believe. Yes. Or, uh, Orange County sits fifth on 48 points, but uh, Sacramento has more wins. If Orange County go to the, Real Salt Lake, the Monarchs, on Wednesday and lose, then they, sorry, they have a game in hand currently. If they on go us. and lose, yeah. If they go and lose, Sacramento. There's other stuff that could happen at the lower. And anyway, this is just kind of a must-win game for Sacramento, regardless. Yeah. So, so let's just look. We we say we we've said it before. Look at some games around the the Western Conference that could affect Sacramento in the standings. Watch that Wednesday game. So that Wednesday game against uh, the Monarchs. For, so Real the Real Monarchs hosting Orange County. That's on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. El Paso hosting Austin on Thursday. That could be very big because Austin is right there as well in seventh. Mm-hmm. On uh, they they're on forty six points, so they're only a couple of points behind us. They're a jump sack. Uh, Saturday, Phoenix host the Monarchs. Beat them. So that could be a game that the Monarchs lose, and then if we beat Orange County, then we're we're moving uh, solidly above them. Um, there was one oh. The Monarchs then on Wednesday, October sixteenth, host Austin. So the Monarchs have a pretty hard last four games because then they play us. So their games are Orange County, Phoenix, Austin, and Sacramento. Two away, two at home. That's crazy. In two in yeah. I think I counted it's like thirteen days. They have four games. Or something like that. That's insane. Um, and then there was one more I think, um, oh, here it is. Orange County hosts Fresno on the last match day. Mm. That's another one that if um, if Orange County Ooh. wins that, they could potentially jump us. But they've got some hard games too. Yeah. So I think theme, things are shaping up here for Sacramento to be in that fourth spot. We just have to take care of these two games. We take care of these two games. We're good. Anybody have anything else to add before we sign off for this evening? I love this game. Oh dear lord. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. I gotta right. pee. <laughs> <laughs> Send us off, Scott, so I can go pee. <laughs> All no, right, everyone. <laughs> no. Send us off. Tickle you. Stop yelling in the microphone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. As always, glory, glory. Sacramento. Sacramento. Oh, no.